You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. So much of what you learn comes from failure. You want to be failing. Like, how can I continue to fail differently instead of failing in the same way? Like, what can be my next mistake that I can make so that I can grow and learn? Like, until you're really used to falling down, it can really suck. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Was It Chance, the podcast about embracing opportunity and taking intentional risk for your creative life. I'm your host, Heather Vickery, and I'm right here at home in Chicago. <laughs> and I'm Alan Seals, and I'm your other host, and I am in Turks and Caicos right now, and I'm outside trying to find reliable Wi-Fi so we can do this recording, and it's pouring rain. So if you hear <laughs> soothing rain noises then that's what that is. Anyway, Heather and I are two perfect strangers. Well, we're two perfect strangers. Now we're like podcast besties. And we embraced opportunity and created this wonderful podcast. So listen along as we talk to other creatives about how they put themselves on the path to creative success. I just pulled that out of my ass. You like that? You just made it up. You've got it all memorized. Well done, Alan Seals. Well done. Okay, I am... So excited. We have laughed. We've actually been on this interview now for a solid 15 minutes, laughing so hard that we couldn't even record and losing, you know, Alan in a tropical rainstorm. But today we are welcoming Christina Raylin Connolly, aka Dangerbot, which she requested specifically that I say. Uh, Listen to that laugh. It's amazing. There's so much joy. <laughs> Christina is a voiceover artist, comedian, an animal lover, a fitness buff, and an improviser. She has an incredibly <laughs> funny Instagram account. That's the at DangerBot. And she's bursting with so much creative talent that it simply can't be contained. But here's where it gets extra fascinating. Christina has a line of anatomically correct vagina plushies. Yes, I did just say vagina plushies. Yes, I did. Yes, you did say plushies. Which you can see, and quite frankly, you must see that XOXO felt like love. That's the Instagram. XOXO felt like love. Yeah. So listen, I mean, talk about creative and success. Holy shit. Christina, welcome to Wasn't Chance. Hi. (laughs) So roundabout... So talk about like embracing random chance and opportunity. So Christina and I both took a voiceover class from the same teacher, Deb Sperling. And we just happened to Mm -hmm. randomly get in this like, hey, alumni after hours meetup, which was just cool in in and of itself. And so then when we told each other about, we all like said a little bit about what we did. So I was like, this lady is so incredibly amazing. I need to know more about her. And so I I said, as soon as I found XOXO felt like love, I was like, that's it. We have to have her on this podcast. So here we go. Okay, listen, I, I want to know all the things about you, Christina, and, and I think we're going to get there. But we have got to start with how the fuck you decided to create anatomically correct vagina plushies. How and why? The how no, and, the and the why. why. That's what. The- Which is what most men want to know about vagina anatomically correct <laughs> vaginas. Anyway, us lesbians, we get it. So, funnily enough, um, at, so I studied sculpture and painting um, 
as an art student in my undergrad. And um, I ended up being really obsessed with like biology, human biology and anatomy as my subject and specifically um, organs and anatomically correct sort of grotesque uh, subject matters and, and cad- cadaver parts and things like that. And um, I... <laughs> Got really, really interested. I, I got eyebrow raised. Like if I had three eyebrows, they'd all be raised right now. <laughs> I got really, I got really, really obsessed with uh, female anatomy at, uh, along mm-hmm. the way, and I felt like it was an area that was so taboo, and I really hated that there weren't enough conversations sort of creating spaces for females and young women to feel comfortable with their bodies as they are. And especially young girls, we were talking earlier about referring to our vaginas as monkeys <laughs> and yonis and hoo-hahs and JJs and peepees and yeah. And, and, and not really knowing what's going on down there and feeling weird about it and shameful about it. If it doesn't look like somebody else's does. And it was just, there are so many like just secrets about it. And, and, and so at some point along the way, I was like, I'm going to start making a bunch of art that like vagina art (laughs) and, and butthole art. I made teacups that have little buttholes in the bottom so that whenever you finish your tea and you lift it up, it's a tiny little (laughs) butthole. That's amazing. Are those for purchase? Cause I want to, have people I want to send that to and be like, what's up asshole? I should have brought that in. I actually have one in my dining room. I should have brought it over here. So I used to do a lot of ceramics and mixed media art. But when I was living in New York, I had a small studio space And it didn't really allow for a lot of like tools and materials and equipment. And so I decided to start making sculpture from fabric. And so it was a totally different medium. And um, (laughs) I used to do like animals, stuffed animals that look like people's pets. And and I started doing, um, you know, other organ pillows for cancer survivors and and things like that. And then uh, randomly as a joke. I decided to design a vagina plushie to send to a friend of mine that lived in LA as just a joke. I mailed it to it without mailed it to them without any warning. Yes. Just here's a vagina <laughs> plushie in the mail. Opening a package. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that reminds me. I received this in the mail a year or so ago. So my client, Barbie, if you if you are listening, I'm going to make you listen to this. Uh, she received one of these in the mail and they're anonymous always. Uh, and I'm going to show the people who can look. Can you see that? That is yes! a giant yes! solid is chocolate? chocolate dick. And inside oh all God. it says oh is, is eat a dick. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> it is so good. It's like rainbow yeah. colors. They on have the inside all of the sorts box. of different designs, but they all are big, solid chocolate dicks, and they say "eat a dick," that and and they can only be sent anonymous. You cannot wow. put a name on that them. Is hilarious. Wow. That is hilarious. So, so if good. any of you ever get that one, is so good. it's for me. <laughs> that is so so good. So can, okay. So, oh my god! So you I mail, need one you of those. mailed the vijay in the mail mail. And vagina, yeah. Alan. Yeah, yeah, afraid of yeah, real words yeah. here. It's a vagina. Okay, you. You mailed, mailed the vagina in the U.S. Postal Service. I, I mailed, I mailed, I mailed my vagina <laughs> to a friend. <laughs> <sighs> and so, and so, 
then it uh, it was uh you know they they've trans they've they've kind of developed over over the course of the years that I've been making them but the first one was the very first that I sent to that friend and um then like a few other people saw pictures of it and they were like I want one <laughs> and then it was like I want one I want one and over the years I just started making more and more vagina plushies and less of everything else and now it's like that's what I do. I make vagina plushies. Wait, <laughs> and but the funny thing is, is that like going into it, I had already considered <laughs> I, going into it in the birth in the birth of my <laughs> vagina plushies. Um, I study. I I I had to really. I wanted to look. <laughs> We're like, we're you know, like, vaginas are like snowflakes. And so you want to be able are. to make all these different types of vaginas to represent all the different kinds of vaginas there are out there. And so I had books laid out across the studios late at night as an art student studying vaginas and playing with different mock-ups of different types of vaginas and labia and, and what it looks like for vaginas to have babies coming out of them and all kinds of stuff. And I just remember the, the nighttime janitors walking through and peeking their heads in, looking at me with all these giant books laid across the table, just like pictures of vaginas. And let me tell you, if you try to Google search what certain types of vaginas look like, it is no, not a great. No. You're, you're hitting every porn site not, out there. You, you don't want to look up what certain, you know, because I only have one, my own vagina. So I only know what, you know, I have my vagina and the, and some of the other vaginas I've seen in real life. So I was like, what does this kind of vagina look like? And so how do you look for that? How do you look for that without seeing a whole bunch of porno? Well, I had to skim through wow. a lot, a lot of, okay. okay. Or just so have you... really, really comfortable and close friendships. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, that, yeah, just collect all sorts of different types of friends so that you're like, oh, you look like you'd have an interesting look could at vagina. I, could I look at your vagina? It's just could you Would you mind? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, can I take you out for tea? And then you can show me your vagina. Now, see... <laughs> Us lesbians, we try that approach a lot. You put an ad in the paper, like at an art studio. That's what it means. At an Take art you. school, right? There, can't you find, like, there's nude models and things, yeah. aren't there? Like, this is for oh, art. Yeah. Let me let me plushify you. And then you get you get the first yeah. one. First one's on me. Oh, and I am so sure if, if I wanted to put an ad out, I would get so many amazing characters that would come out of the woodworks to show me their vaginas. I am so sure. <laughs> and then she hasn't. So there's a reason. <laughs> I, um, and I haven't done that. I did. I did. Uh, I used to have a, a model, a nude model that would model for us a lot that she was amazing. And I wish I would have stayed. I wish I would have actually made contact with her, but I was, I never actually spoke to this woman, but she modeled for us so many times and she had full piercings across every oh. surf area surface area of her Ow. vagina is so much so that it would dangle oh. and hang and clink around and i remember just hearing i could tell when she was coming down the hallway because i could hear the jingle <laughs> jangle of her labia smacking that together Scrooge? oh no that's just that's susan oh, wow. <laughs> okay 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 wow no, jake right. and marley we jake and marley i messed up my metaphor 
We have to, we have, okay. Um, so that felt like a, a pretty amazing chance opportunity. Like you solve this opportunity, you were chasing something else. You were, you know, I'm curious. I want to learn more. I didn't, I couldn't get my hands on the supplies. So I switched to my textile, like all mm-hmm. of that. And then you embrace chance to create this as a business. What does mm-hmm. that look like as a business and how, yeah. and, and how do people use the plot? Like, is it just, for, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it started out as, well, it started out, I guess really the birth of it was me just being really curious in exploring a topic that made people really uncomfortable, which was typically what my art was, is I really enjoyed taking things that, and not just my, I mean, also with my comedy stuff and my improv, I like taking things that sometimes could be uncomfortable and making it fun. And I like taking um, things like vaginas, things that make people uncomfortable and, and make it cute and appealing. Um, and fun to play with, you know, and, and so I, I want, I, uh, I want, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I was curious how to, how to explore this more and then, and then making a joke, it ended up being a business and it, and it took a totally different turn than what I expected. So it, I ended up, um, I ended up getting into the market of, uh, birth, the yeah. birthing community. Okay. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Mainly. So, so a huge portion of uh, folks that purchase these from me are, um, are OBGYNs and uh, birthing coaches and doulas and midwives. And, and, uh, and so I started making these for their offices and they use them as teaching tools for their groups and sex education classes. And now, and now, you know, parents are buying them to talk to their children about vaginas and their anatomy for the first time. And, and I always do try to, I try to put it out there that like, these are anatomical, um, you know, rep artistic representations of an anatomically correct vagina, because obviously this pocket only goes so deep. (laughs) (laughs) And, and normally I use little pearls. I'm showing everyone, you guys can't see it, but I'm showing them the vagina, but, uh, the clitoris, usually I use little pearls underneath the hood. But uh, someone spit, but I make these customizable. So um, everyone is for the most part made to order. Occasionally I will sell things that I've already pre-made, but I do like to make them to order so that people can custom customize color schemes and things like that, that they want in different types of fur options that I have um, or, or lack of fur. (laughs) But this particular person wanted to buy one. And, and if she listens to this, she'll be so excited. She wanted to purchase one to talk to her young children about their, bodies and she was like can i have a pink fabric piece for the clitoris instead of the pearl that you use so that when they're looking at themselves they're not looking for some shiny white pearl down there <laughs> i said okay yeah. that's fine we can do that so so it's just a cute little pom-pom What's down one there of the weirdest oh, request you've ever had <laughs> and, and, and it's just oh man oh it goes on and on i mean the weird requests i'm always like really I'm I am intrigued by the fact that you feel so comfortable to ask me as a complete stranger Could, to do what's, this. For what's you. like the weird one of the weirdest <laughs> ones? Um I get I get a lot of people asking me to do these um these like part penis, part vagina 
testicle boob morphed anamorphic sort of sculptures where which this is a very popular thing right now but is it because um, of non-binary or trans folks and they want to be represented in all the ways or is it a fetish mm, thing no no they'll send me pornographic photos you know and i do get some penis requests i definitely get some penis requests um but typically it is the 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 strange combination of i want these breasts to be attached to this vagina and penis all kind of blah blah or 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 um vaginas that you can have sex with that's a huge one that i get requests do you do you Um, say yes and i'm like that's not really what they're for yeah so i'll i'll explain you know these are these are uh for visual you know visual tools and art you know these are for art to be used as art pieces, you know, for display, not for physical use. And I even have to put like in the care instructions for them, like, please handle with care. Um, if you, you know, you can spot clean, but they're not intended to be put through a washer and like, or you shouldn't get them wet. Like, you know, I have, yeah, right. I have to, I have to actually put this on my website information and my shop and everything in the item descriptions so that I can be really clear that these are not meant to be used as, as sex tools. And I'm, it's like, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But like, if you're going to do that to one of my pieces, like do it at your own risk and know that I'm not responsible that you just ruined. Well, and, and listen, there are like, things for folks who want to do that. That's totally fine. But yours is exactly. a teaching tool. And that's fine. It's a teaching tool or it's a piece of art yeah. that you put on your shelf or your, you know, couch. It's not for using. Right. Just, just add the <laughs> tagline, it's to rest your head, not give you head. Oh, yes. my God. Yes, and, they're so, and they are. They're so soft and oh, they're so soft Alan. and warm. And, <sighs> and you do. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do get a lot of um, requests request like really straightforward like can i have sex with it can i do this to it will i will it let me do that to it and i'm like I no it's sort of like no. the furry no. co- from the furry community you, you, you tat- there is some furry community yeah interest yeah for sure well and i make them so i do all sorts of different types of them and i have some that have funny names like uh the blue unicorn with teeth and (laughs) you know uh, the mermaid the little mermaid and uh professor plum and um but one (laughs) one one of them had the unicorn one has the furry one has all kinds of bright color sort of uh pastel rainbow color fur and then and like big giant teeth and it's like huge and very furry and has like purple and teal colors and it's really fun and and so yeah like a lot of furry people are like oh yeah furry you know can you make a can you make me a stuffed animal that has a vagina attached to it that I can use no I don't I'm not not doing that like yeah (laughs) I mean as a woman and as a mom of of daughters I really appreciate (laughs) Uh, this idea that um, ev- literally they're like snowflakes. Everyone's vagina is different. Yes. Yours is just right. Like there's nothing weird or wrong or broken yeah. about it. Um, and being able right. to to teach that and use the language. And we've, we're so weird society wise about not wanting to use anatomically correct words. Uh, right. Christina, we could talk about your vagina plushies all day long. 
but I mean, you are a creative, you are an artist in every possible way. And I'm so curious to know what other things in your life has chance presented to you as an artist, as a creative that, that you've had some fun with. Um, so, uh, outside of the, I mean, I guess I do, I do a lot of other mixed media type art as well, but, um, something that I get more and more into is, um, you know, being a creator with film and with voiceover. Um, but in that, like through the pandemic specifically, when COVID hit, a lot of things about my life changed. And I was just at the beginning of sort of taking some big leaps in my life as, as an actor and um, doing a lot of commercial work and photography work and things. And, and I had a lot of big projects that were lined up that then all of a sudden came to a screeching halt. Mm, yeah. You and so many and other it, people, <laughs> everybody, the world, yeah. you know, and, and I was like, Oh man, you know, I, I, which this is a whole nother story, but I waited, I started out early and then I kind of stopped doing a lot of the things that I love for a very long time in my life. And be, because I, I just really didn't have the courage to, to do what I wanted mm. to be doing. And then, and then I got older and I realized that time is so short and fleeting and I wanted to just start taking more chances in my life and start doing things that make me happy. And then COVID happened. And then I was like, oh, I have all this great stuff that's about to happen. And now what do I do? And I can't do anything. And I'm stuck in my house. And I don't know where to go or what to do or who to talk to. And and so then I was like, oh, but, but I know how to edit film. Mm. And I know how to work a camera. And I know how to record audio. And I know how to write jokes. And I'm like, um, I'm just going to like do some weird stuff for the next two years and see what happens. <laughs> and who gets to define <laughs> what's so, weird anyway? Uh, right? Art is subjective. Yeah. 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 So, well, and I love, I love uh, sort of identifying myself as being, I, like I love referring to myself as being a weirdo because I just, who, who even knows what that means? But um, I, I like, I like the fact that people just don't ever know what to expect from me. And they never know what might happen if they're in a room with me. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> and, and and usually anything that I am a part of ends up going sideways in some way or another. So. <laughs> Just like this wonderful interview. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so I learned, I have learned so much through this time that I had no idea this was going to be this great opportunity for me to grow as an artist during COVID. And and really, you know, improving my my skills to be able to do so many things on my own without the help of other people doing this and other people doing that and directing my own things and and just creating content and using it as a way to connect with people. And it has been such an amazing experience. And I have met so many amazing people over the last two years that I, I would have never thought that that would have happened because of this you know, and, um, the vagina orders just keep coming and coming and coming. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. And I honestly, like I, 
I have to put the, the vagina plushies. It's been interesting because I've had to put limits on how many orders I can take at a time because I'm just my own person making them. And I'm trying to pursue voiceover and still doing all the other things that I do. And, um, but I want to keep making these vaginas. And so <laughs> I, I have to like set limits for how many I can make though, because I'll spend days and days just elbow deep in pussy, you know? And it's like, what am I doing with my life? And you know, go dream job. Then, it's like, and then you go start making the yeah. plushies. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, and I, you know, and I can make them real fast these days, but it's crazy. I mean, I actually do have a few friends that now help me, uh, you know, like make the beginning stages of them, like cutting pieces and stuff. So it's like I have everything ready to go and I can just make them faster and stuff because so I can try to meet demand while I'm still trying to do all this other stuff I want to do. Yeah. So, I mean, in long term, I may look at. Mm creating a version of them that's a little bit easier to make so that I can do like a a faster production and teach other people how to make them um, and, and make them maybe a more, make them a more affordable option, but then still have the customizable handmade ones. Cause these are completely made by hand. Wow. I don't use a machine because the fabrics, the way that they come together, it's so, and with the thick fabrics and stuff that I use, a machine just can't handle it. And so I do everything by hand and it's really crazy. I have to give Alan some very serious props for not making every single joke he wants to make right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm trying to to skim off the top Uh, a little bit. Yeah. uh Um, uh Looking back at, at where you thought you would be pre-pandemic. You said you were going through a bit of an existential mm-hmm. crisis, if I'm paraphrasing correctly. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. Then, the, then COVID hits. All these projects you have line up just sort of drop out from under you. If, the, if COVID had not happened, where do you think you would be now? Oh, I feel like there are so many beautiful people in my life that I have right now that I wouldn't even know. And I don't think that we would be having this conversation. I'm not sure... I, you know, I, I'm not sure if I would have met Deborah at the right time. Um, you know, there are a lot of projects that I've had the opportunity to do over the last year. I've got uh, several uh, short little indie films that are going to be coming out soon that happened during the pandemic. That's awesome. Um, that I, I paired up with other artists and stuff to do. And um, I got to do some voiceover work for um, an like an audio drama that'll be the, the season will be coming out soon. And I did that during the pandemic. Um, and uh, it's so many things that I, I don't even know. I mean, I guess I would have done some other projects, but you know, it's so hard to go down that path of, yeah. of what could have happened, do you know? Um, <laughs> but I love where I'm at, but I love where I'm at. And it's just, I feel so, I feel so grateful that something that, has been a tragedy has also created so many um i don't know opportunities for me to grow and and challenges you know so many things that were really really hard and i went through some hard times i went through some depressing times straight up rolling myself up into a burrito in my bed and not wanting to leave for days you know just not wanting to like do anything not knowing what i should do and um 
I, I pulled through it because there were so many, there was just so much community just coming around, you know, just like kind of enveloping me during this really hard yeah. time. And I, and so many people that are in my immediate community right now, especially in voiceover have like mentored me and taken me under their wing and, and like watched over me and, and all of this has happened. I met them all during the last I two will years. say that despite all of the horrible, horrible things that have happened due to the pandemic, artist-wise, creativity-wise, it really helped a lot of people see possibility or pursue dreams or chase things. It sort of forced yeah. a, a reimagining yeah. of how we yes. normally do things. I, absolutely. I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. You have to think well, how can I look at this differently or how else can I do this? Do you feel like it also helped uh, people in general, but you sort of redefine what it means to fail? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, so I mean, you know, you guys know that so much of what you learn comes from failure. Yeah. You know, I mean, fa you want to be failing. Like, how can I continue to fail differently instead of failing in the same way? Like, like what can be my next mistake that I can make, you know, so that I can grow and learn. Like it is so important and, and it hurts to it, you know, it can, until you're really used to falling down, it can really suck, <laughs> you know, but the more you fall, the more yeah, you get well, used to it. To, to the, <laughs> I guess the improvisation, the improv side of life, because you do, you're an improviser, right? Oh, yes. So it's all the yes to and, and oh, you know, yes. the best people who are in this field. And it sounds like yourself included, obviously are, are just mm -hmm. very much like, well, all right, it's not a failure. It's just not where I expected mm -hmm. to go, but now I'm going to pivot. We'll yeah. use that word again. I'm pivoting in a different else. direction. Yeah, pivot. Yes. And and that's the fun thing about doing improv, especially in front of a live audience, is that you are in, I mean, firsthand, you are seeing what if you're doing, if what you're doing is like vibing with the audience. And, you know, if you're, if you're accomplishing what you're setting out to accomplish, and then you can kind of pivot, you know, and, and change directions. And that's great. It's just not sometimes a certain thing is just not meant for that moment mm. and you and you just are pivoting you know and it's and you're learning and you're adapting and it's in real time and you're getting to like have an audience to tell you is it is this one right is this what is working mm. you know what i mean and it's and and just giving you that energy and it's great and it's and you get to go to really fun places that you didn't think that you could go it's, it's a it's touching into a lot of your authenticity your authentic self as well because mm -hmm. it's absolutely i mean it goes back to acting you want to you don't want to act in air quotes you want to be you want to be in the moment and i think and i think in, you want to be good yeah. improv as well you're being truthful you're just saying what in the right. moment should come next and because normally you're building right. off an outrageous scenario anyway what you say next what comes next is already right. just outrageous which lends itself to being funny right it's just not saying something funny to, to, to tell a joke right Chris, christina i'm curious because it's so gutsy i find you to be and i love the word gutsy it's one of my one of my defining I words i like that too um yeah what is your relationship with fear? Because to put, I, I mean, I think as an artist in general, we have to be like, well, fuck it. But to think about these these plushies uh, and what people are going to think or what they're going to say or uh, all of that. Oh, like, man. 
What is your relationship with fear? Um, so I def, I mean, I definitely feel fear. Um, and sometimes I know that if I feel fear, then that, that I'm where yes. I should be. Yes. Um, you know, like if I feel afraid, then something great's about to mm-hmm. happen. Usually every mm-hmm. time, every time be- I get a lot of social anxiety, uh, before I, uh, know I'm about to go into a situation where I'm going to talk to new people, meet, you know, have new social experiences. And um, I, I have to like force myself in, you know, throw, shove myself through the door. And then when I get there, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm here. I've arrived. You know, but all the way up, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. If I, <laughs> I don't know. If I should do this. You know? And I always know. And it always ends up being great. Every time I'm afraid to do something, because if I'm not afraid, it, if I'm not just a little bit afraid, then I'm not sure, you know, you're not pushing really yourself. Great, I mean, is this yes. important? Is this really that important mm. to me? You know, and, and with the plushies and with my art, with my content, I, I want it to have merit. I want it to have, um, I want it to, to be beneficial, not just to myself, but to other people. And sometimes, uh, telling the truth about something and shining light in a place that, is, um, you know, I guess in need of light, uh, uh, you know, going to a place that people are afraid to go to, you know, to help them Mm. to get there, you know, and, and, you know, finding creative and fun ways to bring people into those places, you know, to get them thinking, to get them thinking more about things that maybe they're afraid to think about it, or, or they haven't thought about the fact that they've never thought about it. Well, that's you know? what good art is going to do. <laughs> and so, good art will make you think outside the yeah. box and break out of your 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 sled yeah. paths. You know, like use the analogy of yes. sliding down a hill. You're going to go over the same path over yeah. and over again. How do you pour a fresh coat of of snow on the mountain or the hill to to form some new paths? Right. And so, I think this goes back again to what you were saying just a second ago about uh, about basically like if you're if you're scared, you know something good's going to happen. And I think. Part of that yeah. is if you're not scared, you're comfortable. If you're comfortable, that means you you basically have already decided what's going to happen. And therefore, you're not yeah. open to the perception and or letting things happen in real time. You're just trying to create an outcome. Yes. Yeah. And and it does get e- and I do feel like it t- it does get easier to take those risks over time. The more you do it, for sure. You guys Absolutely. know. I mean, it's like, it's like once, a muscle. You, once you rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah, you know, once you have one baby, you're not as afraid that's to have a, a second a baby. By the time you're in labor again, you're like, yeah. what the fuck? Did I going to do this Why again? did I do this? There's actually, interestingly enough, if you're going to, biologically, um, that's, that's kind of true, right? Like when your child turns mm-hmm. typically right around 14, 16 months, they're sleeping uh-huh. through the night. Um, <laughs> women, like we are physiologically designed to forget the trauma of childbirth and having a small child so, you're willing so to that do you it want again. to do it again. Like we're anthropologically designed that way. But then when it, when the labor starts, you're like, what the fuck? Why did I do this? You're like, well, fuck. Shit. When I was having my fourth <laughs> baby, the doctor left me. She's like, why are you crying? You have done this four times. I'm like, because this shit hurts. That's why. <laughs> it sucks. I forgot. I forgot. Jesus. Why am I doing Christ. this? <laughs> yeah, I can totally relate. I totally understand. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. I'm sure yeah, you I do. Fell, I fell down and I had a real bad cut once. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Or every time you every time you have to have a big food baby, you're just like, man, why did I? Oh my goodness, <laughs> Christina, have, have you faced much rejection with your art? And if so, how do you process through rejection? Definitely judgment, okay. initial judgment, negative reactions. Um, I don't know if I've had a lot of rejection necessarily. I mean, I'm sure there are people that choose to look away. Like, has um, the Westboro Baptist I mean, Church picketed, picketed uh, your ex? Do you have any hater trolls or anything? Yeah. I, I, I definitely, um, definitely had a lot of experiences where I have had to explain myself. And sometimes I'm like, I just don't want to explain myself anymore. Like, I just let me do this. But, but the vagina thing really is like, there's no beating around the bush. I have to just talk, you know, like people are just like, why do you, why do you make those, you know? And like people um, often are just like, I don't understand the vagina thing. And, and so I actually made a long video and I called it the why, and I posted it on my social media and stuff, just talk. And I showed this enormous vagina, like vulva plushie that I did with, that was like covered in fur. And I talked about why I make them. And it helped so many people to understand that it's not just that I'm a pervert. I am sort of a pervert, but that's not why I make them. You're in good company. <laughs> I, you know, but like explaining it and letting people know that it was, um, it was to sort of empower women and their bodies or people with vaginas, I should say, human beings that happen to have vaginas. I wanted to I wanted to highlight that and have conversations about it and empower people to feel comfortable with themselves and to and for young people to feel comfortable talking about their bodies and to not be ashamed of something that is a part of their their normal human body like an elbow you know and um and so whenever I started whenever I started having that conversation more people came around but it's still a constant conversation that I have to have because people's initial response, especially if you're from a more conservative background, yeah. is why? Like, why? What is your is this for sex? Like, is this a sex like a sex toy or like what? Like automatically they're they're thinking all these things about me. Right. That, that I am just this vagina obsessed, you know, creepy weirdo artist who just loves pussies. And I do, I do and, love. And like they're not wrong, but, but like, there's nothing and I wrong am, with that. And they're not wrong, but that's not why I'm doing it. Yeah, they're not wrong. Two but things that's not can why be I'm true doing, at the same you know? time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. And so, um, but and especially whenever I start talking about the fact that doctors buy these from me, and birthing coaches buy these from me, and sex educators use these to teach people, and lots of doctors have these in their offices. And so whenever they're like looking at it in that context, they're like, oh, okay. Now, I, okay. But, you know, I want to get to a point where I don't have to say that for it to be okay. Absolutely. You've got an, uh, an outward, a specific outward appearance with the tattoos and, and <laughs> how you present yourself. I mean, everyone's got an image, right? And then you're making what is it? these. You're these gorgeous. You, uh, yeah, you are very gorgeous. Aww. And. Aww. And oh, stop. So... Oh, go on, go on. No, I'm just kidding. Stop. Tell me more. <laughs> and 
so, I'm listening. So when people, I'm listening. I guess people obviously are going to judge a book by their cover. That's just like our brains are hardwired mm-hmm. to look for shortcuts. Absolutely. And that's what we do. And then we get to know somebody and sometimes it changes and, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't. So I guess where where did who you are now outwardly come from? Is there this sort of like dichotomy of or is this struggle between you of like who do I, who am I on the inside versus how do I express myself on the outside or how does that all play together um I will say like I I have experienced this uh, a bit with brand like branding when you're talking about branding as an actor um because I do tend to get well I get put in a few different boxes one because I am um like um mm, <laughs> what what one might refer to as being like ambiguous in in am I Asian am I uh you know <laughs> am I like what type of Asian are you are you part are you like are you half black are you half Latino how are you half like what is your situation going on here and and I get sometimes cast for things because of that ambiguous look that I have um and then also and it has nothing. And sometimes I've gone through hard spells where it's like, is that the only reason why you're choosing me? Yeah. You know, um, and uh, that's kind of we, you know, that can be a little bit weird because I don't when I think about myself, I don't think about that, you know. Um, and then also the tattoos. Sometimes I people will lean into wanting to ta- like cast me into things where I'm like a bad guy. And like, I can play crazy really well, but I, (laughs) um, but I am, but you're right. Like in myself, in real life, I am like, I, I consider myself to be a person that is full of love and full of joy and gratitude. And, and I love connecting with people and I'm not a closed off person. I am the first person in the room that will give you the biggest, deepest hug that you've ever had in your life. And, I, you know, but sometimes the tattoos, the initial response, just like the vaginas is like all these judgments coming like about the fact that I'm like a pretty tattooed person. And um, sometimes like I don't do this as much now, but I used to cover my tattoos up a lot when I first would meet people to set a certain impression. And I would let them meet me first and get to know me for a little bit. And then I would start to show the tattoos and then they would be like, whoa, oh my God. Yeah. I had no idea you, because in their mind, and I've literally had people tell me, like, you don't seem like somebody that would have so many tattoos. And then, like, what does that even mean? But see, I get that passing privilege as well, because I don't look, quote unquote, look like a lesbian, because I'm very femme presenting. Because people uh-huh, have ideas. Uh-huh. In and of course, what does a lesbian look like? like? Yeah. It's a dumb, dumb question. Nobody knows that because we all look different. Mm-hmm. But I have also been able to go into conversations that I would never have been able to have yeah. if they didn't assume mm-hmm. I was a straight white girl to begin with. I'm a super mm-hmm. white girl. But I've said, you know, I <laughs> I am, you know, before Alan asked that question, you said something, and I think it ties into the question. You said, I hope that I can get to a point where I don't have to explain, where it doesn't have to be questioned or it doesn't have to be judged that we're talking about vaginas or that I'm creating these products. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same thing with the parents and with tattoos. The, the most of yes. the most wonderful, loving, kind-hearted people I know 
have tattoos. Me and, too. And Me too. it will be nice along with so many other things when societally we don't just decide about a person based on these things mm -hmm. before we know anything mm -hmm. about them. And I love that you're out here like pushing that for lack of a better term agenda of like, stop fucking deciding for everybody what's good or what's bad. Let's just see yes. what happens. Yeah. Let's just be on our journey. Yeah. Like, let's just take our own paths and it's okay. And this path is not any better than that path. It's just your own path and it has merit and value just by yeah. itself. Yeah. Embrace what makes you, you unique, know, and then you're going to, and then you exactly. will be just like everybody else, which is what I mean, yeah. try to be like everybody else. It's not going to work. But if you try to, if you try to be unique, nope. then you will be accepted like that. God, that's, that's the easiest thing. And you, and, and you do yourself better than anyone else can do you. So you might as yep. well just be you, you no know, one else oh can do you that. like you do you. Yes. Well, and you know, Alan and I, uh, did the, the, the authenticity and voiceover with, with Deborah and Deborah is all about that, you know, just like only you can be you, you know, and just bring it. There are a lot of really great actors out there, but if you're, you're yourself, you might be exactly what someone's Absolutely. looking for or needs in their life. And people can smell bullshit, right? It doesn't feel good. We block Absolutely. our energy. We don't show up authentically and yeah. vulnerably and, and folks know that's why, you know, yeah, the clients Absolutely. that I work with, the, the coaches and the entrepreneurs and the leaders that I work with, as soon as they give up the pretense, they start to find everything works. Everything falls into place. Yeah. Do you have any idea, Christina, like what crazy thing, chance you want to embrace or manifest next in your life? Do you have your eye on something? I just want to continue to grow in this path of uh, learning more about, um, you know, voiceover professionally. And I, I would love to work with more artists doing that. And um, I mean, that's my big goal right now is to just absorb it like a sponge, everything that I can and to just feel more confident in that and, um, and just continue to create yeah. content. I mean, and, and, and to get more and more comfortable in myself and to be, you know, just being in my own skin, because it has been a long journey for me to get to this point. I have struggled so much in my life with not taking chances and not and not believing in myself that I can do things and being really self-conscious about who I am to to being where I am now, which is still an everyday commitment of trying yeah. to grow, you know, and to put myself into uncomfortable situations. But I have come such a long way and I'm really proud of you that. And I just, you know, and it's not, it's not been easy. And I know that, you know, I just posted something earlier today that is just like the path that you're on to become the person that you want to be, you're going to, you're going to be, you know, you're going to lose people yeah. in your life. You're going to lose spaces. You're going to lose, you know, you're going to lose certain relationships and, and things like that. But, but choose that person above everything, you know? just fearlessly choose that person, you know, and, and that is what I want. And I just want to, I want to continue to not have these 
uh, dualities in my life. Like I just want to be as transparent as possible and to just share this universe with other human beings as much as I can in the most authentic way that I can without fear, push through the fear and not let the fear stop me. Right. You know, um, and, and just see where this goes. You know, I, one thing that I have learned and have tried really hard to do, especially recently is to not set my sights on any specific one thing. If this thing happens, I'm going to be happy, you know, but to let my joy, to let, like my happiness and my and my joy go beyond any situational event you know that that it is not pending one specific thing happening that that I can feel that joy no matter what situation I'm in and um you know and just being okay to like figure out what's going to happen next I love that you know like where where are we going to go now you that. know um yeah. <laughs> but we yeah. need to get use some celebrity endorsements. Like I think Reese Witherspoon needs to go on Instagram with one of your plushies. I would, I would love to like have the goop feature. One of my then plushies. You need a team of people making those. Cause your orders are going to fall in. Yeah. I know. That's the thing. I, so sometimes whenever I get, um, like little boosts, like little um, ad campaigns going and things like that. I get like these huge surges in in orders, and then I'm like, oh god, oh god, vaginas, <laughs> and vaginas around vaginas the holidays, vaginas, 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 and like, oh, vaginas everywhere. So I, you know, and it's crazy. And then my, fl- you should see the floors all over my house, just like little fuzz and fur floating everywhere all through the house like i have wood wood floors you know and like the little pubic hair just like fluttering around everywhere you go like glitter <laughs> I, I, pubic hair you know whatever pubic hair float everywhere like glitter yes yeah it's it's really but the holidays i have to block off like like for like two months before christmas time i have to block off all this space just for like vaginas <laughs> I'm like, sorry, family. I know you want to have all these get togethers, but I have a lot of vaginas to make right now. <laughs> that is sorry. amazing. Christina, you are amazing. Sorry. This has been fun. I mean, we we got a little serious, but the first like 20 <laughs> minutes, I we couldn't even keep a straight face. But oh, you man. must have a good time. Oh, Thank man. you so much. I do. I do have a good time. And I have had such a good time with you guys. Thank You're so you. wonderful. It's thank so nice you. to connect with you and meet you. And- Christina, thank you. We had a blast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so <laughs> much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I I said this to you before, and I still mean it. I was very impressed with all of the things you didn't say, because <laughs> I can read your mind. <laughs> and yes. I knew all of the things, and, and probably our listeners too. But um, Yes, this was a conversation that required a lot of adult self-control. Yeah, so you can do it. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I can do it. I can do no. it. Yeah. Um, she is such a joy and such a light. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There, there's, it's funny because, there, you know, when you walk into a room physically, there are some people that you're just like, oh, okay, that's the energy that I want to be around. Or there's something yeah. unconscious that you need to get to know or, und- or discover more of. And when I went in this Zoom, I went in the Zoom, not the room. 
with Deb Sperling and her voiceover alumni. And, and there was immediately, I was like, Christina, she wasn't doing anything. She wasn't saying anything, but it was just like the look she, again, she had on like the crop top with, and I saw the tattoos and I was like, oh, this is the energy that I need to find out more about. We were not disappointed. Just this incredible talent of so person who has yeah. all this artistic integrity. And it's not like she just sat down and she's like, I'm going to make vagina plushies. She's an art student who researched the bejesus out of this and then and, started and making wanted them to take away the right. stigma. Right, right. Which is so huge. And, and as a woman, as a mother, I think it's so valuable for... Uh, you know, facts to be facts, for body parts to be body parts, to learn from them and to not have shame around them. I mean, gosh, uh, you know, on the Brave Files, on, on my on my solo show, I interview so many women who have so much shame around sex and their bodies. In the religious areas, it's so, so, so common. Mm -hmm. And the work that she's doing with these plushies really can make a tremendous difference society wise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> you're, I don't know if you're going to find them stocked on the shelves in target anytime soon, but there no, are some, and I think that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. But you're right. Like doctor's offices and midwives and doulas and, and this whole line of people who are, who to them it's normalized sexualization, body, uh, sec, uh, sorry, the, the non-sexualization of body parts, because they are made for functions, and there's a time and a place to sexualize them if, of course, mutual consent, et cetera, et cetera. You want them to be, and everybody consents, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but yeah, there. I grew up with this. Like in in, I grew up in North Carolina in a place where you did not say these words, and you did not talk about them, and you did not touch them, and if you did, then you're you're a child of Satan, and it's just. <laughs> So uh, incredibly refreshing to see someone who is just putting something out that is demanded so much. It's not like she's even pushing it on people. She made it, the first one is a joke and then was like, oh crap, everybody needs these. So I'm just going to continue to make them. And it gives her her it, yeah. own, her own uh, creative fulfillment, artistic fulfillment and helps her, you know, discover more about herself, which of course she said is, is vitally important. Yeah. I absolutely love her approach of um, just being aware and being present and not necessarily having a, an end goal, but staying in the moment and embracing those chance opportunities and following her heart as they present itself. So I think so many people could be unleashed if they would embrace that in themselves. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, we want to remind you that we want your stories. DM us, slip into our Instagram at wasitchance and let us know how you embraced opportunity. How did you manifest your own creativity? And you can also email us where, Heather? We are at wasitchancepodcast at gmail.com. Listen, you know, this is a little, this is our little podcast that could. Alan and I will respond to you. We promise. So <laughs> send us an email. Like he said, slide into those DMs, which in the course of the interview that we just shared with you all feels like it has a whole new context, but that's okay. We are so glad to have you here. We hope that you will follow the show on your favorite podcast app and write us a review they make us feel really good and um we have fragile egos so if you could just <laughs> make, us, make us feel really good we would appreciate it and most importantly keep listening and share it with your friends 
You have been listening to Was It Chance, the podcast about embracing opportunity and taking intentional risk for your creative life. Until next time, I'm Heather Vickery. And I'm Alan Seals. Talk to you soon. when you laugh that hard and you have to pee. So now I'm like, fuck my back hurts and my legs are crossed and it's just not good. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.